This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. If I had to, my life to live over again, how would I spend it? What would I do? I'll be honest with you, I've thought about that several times, and if I had my life to live over again, I'd want to spend it preaching the gospel. I don't know of anything that would bring me more enjoyment and pleasure, fulfillment, than to preach the precious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in so doing, I want to lift up Jesus, I want to lift up God, I want to lift up the Holy Spirit, I want to lift up the Bible. You see, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. And I'm glad that we have the opportunity of preaching the gospel to people that I will never meet. People not only in the United States, but in many, many countries throughout the world. And I want to thank you for taking your time to watch today. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we are continuing to offer a free Bible correspondence course. I want you to have it. This this is designed to help you to get to know your Bible. And so while we take just a brief pause, we want you to learn more about the course. And I would like for you to listen carefully so you can learn how you can receive this Bible course. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In some previous telecast, we were talking about things precious. Things that are precious. And today we want to continue that theme, and I'm calling your attention to a very short passage in the 116th Psalm and verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That's a very short passage of Scripture, but it is packed with meaning. I want you to think about that verse for just a moment. He, he said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death. Now, all people who die may not necessarily die that kind of a death. That is, it's precious. You see, what we're looking at in this passage is God's viewpoint about the death of those who are His. Why, if an individual dies the death of a, of a murderer, a robber, of a, an extortionist, an adulterer, a fornicator, they die not having repented of his or her sins. Well, I don't know of any way that we could say that in God's sight that that death is precious. It's a tragedy. 
it's tragic when people live and die and they might lose their souls in the end thereof. You know, Jesus said, what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world, lose his own soul. People can lose their souls. But when people lose their souls and they die that way, then that's not a very precious thing in the sight of God. He said precious. Precious in the sight of God. Now when even a good person dies, it may not be something that the family considers to be precious. I remember in the book of Acts when Stephen died, there was great weeping and lamentation made over him when he died. He was a good man. He was a, he was a godly man. But there was still weeping and mourning and uh, grief because of his death. And, but he says precious in the sight of the Lord. We're talking about the way God views things. The way I view things, the way God views things, totally different. Totally different. I look at it from a human point of view, but God looks at them from his perspective. But he said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death. Death is separation. A person dies when there's a separation of the spirit of man from the body. Life is that condition that exists when the spirit is still within the body of man. Death occurs when there's that separation. But he said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And those who serve God faithfully, even in this age of the world, in the Christian age, are referred to as being saints. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul wrote Paul and Timotheus, or Timothy, to the saints which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. So they, they were, the church at Philippi was composed of people called saints. That just simply means they had been separated to, from the world to serve the Lord. And so precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The, the Bible has much to say about death. As a rule, we do not like to think about death because it might be unpleasant to think about it, especially if one is not prepared for death. But when one is prepared for death, death is favored over living. This world is so temporary. Our world, this world is not our home. In the words of a song, we are just passing through. In 1 Samuel, the 20th chapter in verse 3, there's a statement made about death. And the statement is, there's just a step between me and death. Just a step. And if you stop and think about it, there's just a step between any one of us and death. Death is a step that we're going to take at least once in our lifetime. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto a man once to die. 
And then comes the judgment. I don't know of anything we can do about that. You see, it's appointment that we're going to keep. It is appointed unto a man once to die. And we can exercise. We can try to eat right, try to get the right amount of sleep, take vitamins, keep check on our health. And we can do all of those things to try to improve our, our quality of life. But still, it is appointed unto a man once to die. And wisdom cannot outsmart death, or else Solomon would not have died. Strength cannot avail against the warrior that's called death, or else Samson would not have died. And righteousness cannot withstand its onslaught, or else Peter, Paul, James, and John, and a host of other righteous people would not have died. And no person can outlive his or her liability to death, or else Methuselah, the oldest man, would not have died. You see, this step we're talking about is a step that we're going to take at least once in our life. It is appointed unto a man once to die. But remember that in God's sight, when one of his children dies, it is a precious death. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. This, this is also a step that, uh, that, that no one can take for us. David had a son to die. His name was Absalom. And when David learned about the death of Absalom, he, he wept and he said, Would to God I died for you. You see, David wanted to die in the place of his son, but no one can take that step for you. I have an idea that some of, I've got some fathers and the mothers that are watching right now. That, that if it were possible for you to take the place of one of your children in death, you'd do it. But you see, that's not possible. This is a step that no one can take for you. Furthermore, this is a step from which there is no return. David had another child to die, and this was an infant. And as David was weeping over the death of that child, he said, I shall go to him, he shall not come to me. There are two things that David acknowledged in making that observation. Number one, he acknowledged that there is life after death. He said, he will not come back to me, but I'm going to where he is. Secondly, he acknowledged that once we die, there's no coming back. This is a step from which there is no return. But, but death is a step in which changes take place. You know, in James, the second chapter, the Bible says, As the body without the spirit is dead, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. 
The body without the spirit is dead. There's this change that takes place. When we die, there is the release of the spirit of man from this prison house of clay. And we go into the care and the keeping of God. Solomon said man goes to his long home and the mourners go about the streets. So man is going to leave this old world one day. His body will go back into the care and keeping of God who gave it. It's, it was said of a, one of the matriarchs of the Bible in Genesis 35. While her soul was a departing for she died. You see, when we die, there is the departure of our soul from the body. There are changes that take place. But the step that we're talking about, this precious step that saints take, we're all going to take, whether we're a saint or a sinner, we're going to die. It's appointed unto a man wants to die. But precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You see, this is a step between time and eternity. Right now, we're living on time side of eternity. We calculate our lives in seconds, in minutes, in hours, in days, in months, in years. That's the way that we see things. But there's a dimension where there is no time. That's in eternity. And man is going to that long, that eternal home of the soul where there is no clock to watch, where there is no time. You see, there's a day coming when time will be no more. And right now we stand, this death is a step that we take between time and eternity. Frankly, I don't understand the word eternity. I've, I've used it many, many times in my preaching. And I've tried to explain eternity to people. I really don't understand it. God did not give us an illustration of the Bible of eternity. And I think there are reasons for that. I don't know that we could have comprehended the illustration had God given it to us. I don't know how you describe eternity. I've heard preachers say that eternity is like a ring. It has no beginning. It has no end. Uh, we, we say that eternity is duration without limits, that, that it is where there is no time. But what does that really say? There was a preacher in a generation gone by by the name of T.B. Larimore. And Larimore said that time, with all of its rolling ages, is rocked upon the bosom of the sighing sea of eternity. Now, what does that really mean? But I know this, that I'm going to be in eternity one day. One day I'm going to leave this world and I will be on, on the eternity side of life. There's, that step is going to occur in my life just as it will in yours. You know, in Matthew 25 and 46, J Jesus, this is the last verse in that 25th chapter. And Jesus said, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. There Jesus is talking about the sheep and the goats in the parable that he had given there of the judgment. And there were those that were going to be lost and they would go into everlasting punishment. But the righteous would go into life eternal. They would have eternal life. 
You see, that's difficult for us to comprehend. But I know this, one day I'll understand it because I'll take that step between time and eternity. But death is a step for which an individual ought to prepare himself. Now to die a righteous death, you must live a righteous life. There's an unalterable law of God that says we reap what we sow. Whatever we sow in this life is what we will reap in eternity. Now, I can't sow one thing and then expect to reap something else. If I live the life of the unrighteous, if I live a life of rejecting God and leaving God out of my life, I cannot expect to have God's approval when I die. You see, to die the death of a saint, you must live the life of a saint in this world. If you've never become a child of God, I'd urge you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ to be willing to repent of all of your sins, to be willing to confess that you believe Jesus is the Christ. Jesus said, if you will confess me, Before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you don't confess me, then I'll not confess you before my Father which is in heaven. So we have to be willing to confess him. And that's not something we do just one time in our lives. If you believe Jesus is the Christ and you're willing to serve him, you will be confessing him by the way that you live every day of your life. But it is upon that initial confession of your faith in Jesus that one is baptized into Christ like the eunuch of Acts chapter 8. He he asked the question, here's water, why can't I be baptized? And the preacher said, you can if you believe. He said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he was baptized. And thus, in order that we might live the life of a saint and thus die the death of a saint, we must give our lives to the Lord. By believing and repenting of our sins and confessing that we believe in Jesus and by being baptized into Christ. Someone says, why? Because Jesus said, not Brother Lambert, but Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Two conditions of salvation in that one verse. Belief and baptism. So upon the confession that you believe as a penitent believer in Jesus, you're to be baptized, not because you are saved, but in order to be saved. And then once you live that Christian life faithful to the very end, Revelation 2.10 says, be faithful unto death. I'll give you a crown of life. Be faithful to the Lord to the end of the way. And then you will have a crown and a reward laid up for you on life's other side. Live the life of a Christian. Listen to it again. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. But now, trying to think about this from God's point of view, and that's very difficult, isn't it? Why would God consider death 
to be precious. Now, all deaths are not precious. As I've mentioned, if a person dies the, the death of a wicked person, they lived a wicked life, an immoral life, an ungodly life. Well, their death is not precious. It's tragic. It's tragic. But we're talking about the death of a, pre of a saint, and it's precious. The death of a Christian is precious to God. Why? And I think there are several things that we can observe about that. Number one is because the death of a Christian means they are going home. You know, in Philippians 3.20, Paul said, Our citizenship is laid up in heaven. We are citizens of, the, of this country. Whatever country you may live in, should you be watching and from other, some other place other than the United States, you are a citizen of whatever country you live in. But if you're a Christian, you have two addresses. You have an earthly address and you have a heavenly address. Because not only am I an American citizen, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so it's precious because I'll be going to my home. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 6, Paul said that to, that to be in this body is to be absent from the Lord. As long as I live in this body, I'm absent from the Lord. But then he further said in 2 Corinthians 5 that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord or at home with the Lord. I think that's one of the reasons that this is precious to God. Don't you like for your children to come home if they live some distance from you? And if you have to have grandchildren, aren't you thrilled when those grandchildren come to your house? That's precious, isn't it? You say, I heard someone said to me the other day, grandchildren are so wonderful. Well, that's just another way of saying they're precious, and you love to see them come. Someone said, yes, and I like to see them go. Well, I don't really feel that way about mine. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. I like to have them around me. God is that way about those who belong to him. You see, when a saint dies, it's precious because they're going to see their father. And then it is precious in the sight of God because God knows that when a Christian dies, that it is the end of his or her existence on a, on, in a world that is filled with sin and suffering and hurt and pain and sorrow. And it will be, be, be the beginning of an existence where none of that exists. Uh, there's a passage in the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and verse 4, that tells us that there's going to be a time when there will be no more tears. There will be no more dying. There will be no more pain. Can you imagine a place like that? That, that? that helps me to understand why when a Christian dies, it's precious to God. Because, you see, God knows that when one of his children dies, and you die in the Lord, Revelation 14, 13, precious in the sight of the Lord, or rather, blessed are those who die in the Lord, that they rest from their labors. 
And then why said in the book of Psalms, precious the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints? Because it is an end to all of the troubles that are here in this world. I think another reason that the death of a Christian is precious to God is because it's going to be that occasion where God will have those that belong to him with him. I think about Paul's statement in the book of Philippians chapter 1. For first of all, in verse 1, he said, For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. There's profit when a Christian dies. And then in verse 23, he said, I am in a strait betwixt two. In other words, I have a, I, I'm sort of a crossroads in my life. He said, having a desire, notice the word desire, to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But then in the next verse, he said, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. It's better if Paul could continue to live and continue to help these brethren. But he said, if I had my, my, my choice, I'd much rather go ahead and die and be with the Lord. That's far better. It's no wonder then that the Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is his saint, the death of his saints. And I think another reason it is precious is if because God desires our happiness. And as long as we live in this old world, where we have so many difficulties, and it seems as though they begin to grow every year as you get older, God knows that there's going to be an existence where you're going to be happy. That's why Revelation fourteen thirteen says, Blessed are the dead, happy are the dead that die in the Lord. And God wants us to be happy. He desires our happiness. And so precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Have you ever wondered why we don't see it like God? Have you ever wondered why maybe we don't see death the way God sees it? And over my lifetime as a preacher, I've preached many, many funerals. And I can tell you I've seen people who were comforted by the death of someone. That is, they died in the Lord, and others are not. We're just so much different than our Father in heaven. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ, 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.